Our gospel today, we had a long option or a short one, and I chose the short one uh, because every three years this gospel comes up, and I am utterly perplexed by it. Uh, it starts off with this parable, and you can spend, and trust me, I have, literally hours trying to find out, what did Jesus mean? And there are, get this, literally seven theories. Uh, so we didn't even get into that gospel, that part of the gospel, because it would have been me going, um, a lot. But in this gospel, the shorter version, we hear about dishonest wealth. Jesus uses that phrase and says, we should make friends with dishonest wealth. Now, do you know what that means by any chance? Nobody else does either. Uh, tons of arguments on this one. Uh, all every article I read said, and this is 25 years of this, is we're translating it badly. Uh, but no one knows how to translate it. So we get to Tuesday of last week, and I'm praying, really. I, I really pray and write a lot. Lord, what do you want me to tell your people with this? And uh, the line that really hit me, and then, boy, the train just started rolling, is this idea of the person trustworthy in very small matters. It's also trustworthy in great ones. And the more uh, I thought and prayed about it, the more it struck me, man, that's where we gotta go. In August, I had, wait, August? Yeah, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine. He's a really holy guy. He played for uh, 12 years in the NFL. He has a Super Bowl ring. And whenever people bring that up, his thing, I know, no, what I'm most proud of is I get to receive the Eucharist every day. That's what he's proud of. That beautiful guy. But we were talking and, and I, we were kind of exchanging, what do you want prayers for? And I explained to him how much I struggle with uh, anxiety. You know, anxiety about the state of our church. And not our, this is going great. Uh, church, yeah. Uh, the country, uh, me, right? Uh, a feeling, a constant feeling of I, I can't keep up. I don't know how many times I've said to people, I'm so sorry, I don't know how to do more, yeah? And we've all been there. When I talk to you, that's what I hear. We all have this tremendous, well, many, I guess, sense of anxiety about what's going on in the church at large, in our country, in our hearts, a sense of anxiety about the immense amount of demands we've placed on ourselves in others place on us. It's a fascinating thing to think of that our technology keeps allowing us theoretically to do more work, but our brains haven't changed. And instead of saying, well, since we can be more efficient, we'll do less and have more time to exist, we say, well, I can do more. And, and no, we really can't. We just keep trying. And in the end, you, we have this cacophony of insanity dumped on us 24-7, yeah? I mean, we shut down our whole country for over a year and then just feasted on a steady diet of fear and anxiety and anger and, and, and we're surprised. 
What do we do about all this? Well, what this friend of mine told me, and, and he was a sender, right? So he said, my job was fairly to partly cloudy simple, yeah? I had to get the ball from the ground to my quarterback's hands and try to make sure no one hits him, yeah? That's my job. He wasn't a guard. He didn't have to pull. He wasn't, you know, all this stuff. But he talked about how his second season in the NFL, he started to get frustrated with other guys on the O-line, started to get frustrated with a couple of the uh, receivers, and, and his coach told him something powerful. He said, the coach said to him, you gotta make the game small. He said, football is inordinately complex. There are 11 people who each have to be doing things perfectly right for it to work but you can't control 10 of those people. You can control one. Make your game small. Your obsessive focus will be the two feet in front of you, the two feet to the right of you, and the two feet to the left of you. That's your job. Make the game small. And I have thought about that a lot since then that simply because we're aware of every single problem and a few made up in our church, in our country, in our lives, we just give up trying to work on this, but that's the only thing we can control. That's it. I think I've told you this story before, but it's, it truly happened, and I think it's one of the greatest things I ever saw that one of my buddies was coaching fifth grade girls basketball. And if you've ever seen fifth grade girls basketball, wow, yeah? Uh, four quarters, final score, six to four, you know. Uh, <laughs> but my buddy was just so good at this. And those girls loved him and he loved them. And they were playing their crosstown rival, which was my parish. Uh, but I went there and I'm, I, I watched him coach. And it was the very end of the game. There was very little time left. His team was up by one, which meant somebody hit a free throw, by the way. And, wow. And they had the ball, and his big thing was, we just got to run the clock out, girls. So this is what he said. My hand to heaven, he said a million times. Now, girls, we don't need a basket. Because, you know, girls and boys at that age, you put the ball in their hands, they're going to shoot. It's what Jesus wants, yes? Uh, so he was like, no, don't, no, no matter what, just we don't need a basket. So uh, they inbound the ball to Annie, who's now a mom with kids. Uh, and it was not in her ball 0.7 seconds. And she launched a three-pointer. Uh, I mean, just hands, boom. And, and it missed the, the hoop, uh, the backboard. Air. It missed air. I mean, it, it... And so I would snap, right? I, I would. And Bill just, he does this. Okay, time out. Yeah. Uh, and I get some together and he's like, okay, do you remember I said we don't need a basket? And I'm sitting right there. This happened. And Annie went, oh, that wasn't going in. made total sense to her. And if you think about it, oh, yeah, I've not made a shot in two years. We're fine. And I'm just... We don't know what's in people's heads. We barely know what's in ours. 
We can barely control ourselves on our best days, and we waste all of our energy trying to control other people. Well, why aren't they doing this? I don't know. I don't know. And I can guess, but all I'll come up with is the reason I would do it, which might not be the reason they did. And I think we lose so much peace because we keep forgetting to make the game small. At least that's me. You know, and I know we bring this, I bring this up a lot, you know, driving. You know, we're good drivers, but everybody else stinks at this, yes? Why did he do that? I don't know. But I know it's my job to get after this in here. I can't make a pope or a bishop or a president or a congressperson or my neighbor, I can't make them do anything. I can pray for them, and I can make sure I'm striving to be holy. And you know what gets in the way of striving to be holy? In case you didn't catch the non-subtle reading, our anger, our fear. And those are two things I'm very good at, unfortunately. We gotta make our game small. We gotta make our game small, if not for the futility of not doing it, but, you know, excuse me, if we, don't, if we aren't willing to make the game small because it doesn't work to do anything else, can we do it because Jesus said? Can, can we do it because Jesus told us to? It's a hard thing because in here I find all kinds of pride, right? In here. I find all kinds of issues. I mean, man, I could list them. And I get so frustrated by my sin. I want to be a saint. But I'm not going to be a saint by trying to change you. I'm not going to be a saint by lecturing people who will never hear it. I'm going to be a saint if I pray and if I commit to virtue and being as faithful as I can by the power of the Holy Spirit to the life God gave me. I've been at, no, don't go there. Sorry, I'm gonna stop that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yesterday was funny. I started to give an example that I didn't have in my notes and I kept going and I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't. No, don't do that. We can wake up every morning and pray. And you might think, I've been trying for years and failing. I don't care. Try again tomorrow. Okay, well, I'm going to make a plan. Your plan will fail. Instead, we're just going to keep plugging away. Jesus, you get my first thoughts in the morning. Jesus, you get my first actions in the morning. And all through the day, Jesus, I belong to you. If, I, if I'm passing someone who is asking for help, right, the signs, I'm not going to sit there and try to figure out whether I'm getting scammed or not. I'm going to pray for them. If I'm frustrated with something I see on the news, I'm going to turn off the news. Bold idea, it could work. And I'm going to pray for the nightmare I just saw. If the church does something that confounds or perplexes me, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray. 
And when I'm frustrated by my own sin, that's when I'm going to go to war. We need to make the game small. We need to make the game small. When we find that this mission is important enough for embrace, it does come down to the little things. And I hate to say it because it sounds so trite. But you've done the, have you done the battle in your head about the shopping cart? Anyone? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know the cart corral's right over there. You also know there's a dude they pay to go put things in the cart, so maybe I can just get in the truck, yeah? Nobody? Really? Okay. Uh, well, I'm talking, of course, about my dad. Uh, it's so embarrassing. No, I, I can't tell you. I, and I put the stupid cart back every time precisely because I don't want to. And it's a little way of remembering it's not about me. It's a little thing I can do. And I can give a million of these. But I'd rather not because it might limit you. Pray today. What is a little thing I can do to make it not about me? What's a little thing I can do today to be more disciplined than yesterday? To be more loving than yesterday? To be more merciful than yesterday? Most important, actually, to be more prayerful than yesterday. Let's engage that battle. Because if we do this, right? So I, I checked, I think it's, it's just a little over 3,000 people a Sunday here, okay? That's a chunk of the population. I checked. I could tell you the exact percentage, but it would be wrong. So what I'll do instead of trying to change you or change our city or our state or our country or our church, why don't we all just be holy? Why don't we all make the game small? And that will change the whole game. So this is our challenge today. And I'd love for us to go after this. We're going to make the game small. We're going to stand against the chaos and the rage, not by being more chaotic and more angry, but by controlling the one thing Jesus gave us to control and to serve the rest. I think this is what our Lord wants us to do, and I'm asking us to really think about this. What are three ways I can do something to be trustworthy in very small matters? What are three ways I can decide I'm going to war with that in my heart? I will be more humble, more prayerful, whatever it may be. Now this Eucharist we're going to receive was an act that 99.99999% of the world wasn't aware of when it was happening. There were 14 people who knew what was going on the night Jesus gave us the Eucharist. That changed the whole course of human history because those people received it and became it. May we do the same. Amen? Okay.